Episode of the Bench Mob ENT. We got Greg, Mr. Hot Takes, the mate your mother sends me. How you doing tonight? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm ready to get into all we got we got to offer today, so I'm excited. Yeah, we see the Unity Legends. We're not gonna repeat. Um <laughs> we're gonna keep it nice and simple. Miles, Nick State, Davenport. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. You see me. RJ's been balling. I just want to put that out there. 28.3 points per game in the month of February, and then came back last night, had a pretty good game. That's something to look forward to. Y'all not going to win nothing. Um, three games out of playing, turning into four, turning into five, six, seven. So at this point, I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't need them to make the playoffs. Rightfully so, because Julius Randle was pissing me off. Mm-hmm. Watching that game last night, he's the, he's like the one of the biggest problems with y'all next team. And we are joined by the businessman, the CEO, Chad Cedarwall. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm wonderful. Wonderful first time on a podcast. Been trying to get on for a little bit. Yes, sir. Uh, we finally made it happen. Much, much appreciated that you you are here tonight. Um, I'm feeling blessed. Like I was thinking about this today. Like uh, before we get into the show, like I'm just feeling blessed and grateful. Like I we have the opportunity to have a podcast, and Miles has been here from day one, knowing this started in 2019. And to be at the point that we are right now, like, bro, we got lights in here. We recording. We got mics. I'm feeling grateful. I first off, you know, I'm a firm believer in anybody here that knows me of giving. I want my flowers now. Me personally. <laughs> at my actual funeral, don't bring flowers. I can't do nothing with them. Give me my petunias, my roses, my daisies now. Let me smell them. Let me appreciate them now. I want to shout out Miles and Greg. I appreciate y'all. Like, you know, we always tell our guests when they come on, thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Thank y'all for taking time out of your schedule every week to hop on, to come on, be committed, share the posts, make sure y'all know what y'all talking about. I appreciate y'all versatility that we can go any which way, any way, any topics we could talk on them. So I appreciate that. I want to make sure, of course, I appreciate my wife, the support. We recording this out my crib, y'all. Like we don't have a studio yet. We gonna get there, but we record this out my crib every single week, and wifey be supporting and be cool with it every single week. So shout out to my wife. Shout out to Rashad who helped us get this equipment. Shout out to Dwayne, one of our biggest biggest guests that we ever had. Dwayne, professional ball player over in France. We grew up together, went to high school together. Ain't stuck on me not once. She's been on the show three times. Shout out to A. Wills, Aaron, another professional football player. 
Shout out to Matt. I mean, there's so many names I could mention, but I'm just going to throw them off the top of my head. The people that's, you know, constantly supporting like Parnell. Shout out to Parnell, man. Like that's a connection through Nile. Shout out to Nile. Shout out to Noah. When I definitely want to have you on the show soon because one of your favorite players is on Greg's favorite team now. But he's a he's a Ben Simmons fan, and it's weird. They've it's very it's very strange. They've clashed plenty of times, and now I want to see them talk though. Ben Simmons is <laughs> one of his favorite players is on his team who he did not care for, and now he's on the Nets. So that should be a very interesting episode. If we could get Noah on on the episode, you also, also got one of the hottest singles out right now too. So it's exactly. music, it's music things taking off. Shout out to KJ. Shout out to Nile. Shout out to my Bubba Cools fam, Anisha, Sky, uh, Cheyenne, Laora, Louisa. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate everybody that actually taps in with us. Y'all don't have to take time out to actually listen to our show. Y'all don't have to take time out to go watch the show. Y'all don't have to take your money out your pocket and buy our merch. Much appreciated. Just was feeling grateful. Wanted to shout some people out, show some love. That's how I wanted to start the show off. And unfortunately, we got to make a super left turn to bad news. So something that, you know, unfortunately, we have to talk about because they have an iconic team. They have iconic players, Hall of Fame players, but they absolutely suck. They suck. But we got to talk about the Lakers. It's hard not to talk about what's going on with the Lakers. I'm going to set the table and we could take it any which way. Again, this is why I appreciate y'all versatility to be able to talk about different topics and we can talk about it in a myriad of ways. Lakers, they ninth in Western Conference right now, 27 and 34 with 21 games left. They lost 15 of their last 21, a 28 point loss to the Pelicans. And one thing I definitely want to point out is two quotes. Russ told reporters a scouting report to beat the Lakers was just to play harder than them. Bron last night says, until you stop stamp me, stop me out, cut my head off, burn me 12 feet under, then I've got a chance. We still got a chance to get into playoffs. The thing is, I don't think he understands he's already 12 feet under. (laughs) They're 12, the Lakers are 12 feet under right now. So whoever wanna take the floor first. What do you what do y'all see with this Lakers team? What are, what are we looking at? I'll let you talk first on this one, just because uh, this situation frustrates me to be up to no end. So I want to I want to hear what y'all say first, and then I'll, I'll give my. Oh, take. you know I'm frustrated. Well, he's and I'm not more frustrated than you. So you still got I, hope. You I, still I got your opinion. You still got hope to look forward to. You a nuts fan? Yeah, and I, I about y'all the AC that could actually go win it. We the ninth seed that could be like huh, we might not <laughs> we might not get out the play in. This is, this, there's some things about the Lakers, the conversation with the Lakers naturally that that irritates me. So I, I want to hear what y'all think about it. I'm curious to see if any any of us are on the same page about this. I'm sure you guys. I'm sure you guys are gonna agree about a lot of things. Obviously they suck, but well, I don't know. What are y'all? What are y'all thoughts? I'll let you guys go first. Yeah. What do you What do you see, Chad? When you see this this Lakers team, I see a team that um, they, you know, they saying this stuff. You can't stop me out until it's over, but they think they have time to turn this around, <laughs> and they keep talking about the adjustments they can make and this, that, and the third. But I'm just, when I watch the Lakers, I see a team that is just waiting for, somehow they're going to turn it around just because of the stars that are on their team and what they've done in the past. But you watch them and there's no 
they just there's no urgency on that team. There's no hustle on that team. There's no drive on that team. LeBron's body language has gotten worse and worse. Oh my gosh. Ten years of flipping his hands and the blaming his teammates. It's I don't know what they're expecting. Obviously nobody else is coming in new. I mean they signed some players recently, but those are <laughs> high impact players. Um, I don't know. They just eventually I guess they think they're gonna turn it around. I think that's foolish thinking though, as you just mentioned, like when this first happened and nothing happened at the trade market at the trade deadline. The buyout market is what we was waiting for. Because there's players out there to be bought out that's going to change the season. And I'm I'm sorry. I know Mike was on last week. and was like, yo, if they're the sixth seed, that's not a team you want to see. I don't care what seed they are. If I'm a team in the West, I want to see the Lakers. I want that first round matchup. Because you can't tell me that, oh, we're just going to flip the switch. It's a good time to turn the lights on now. What y'all waiting flip what switch like? And how I look at it, a lot of people, unfortunately, they they trying to put Russ as the scapegoat because I think he's the easy option. Mm-hmm. But what it really boils down to, it's a mom and pop type ran organization. It's too many, it's too many chefs in the kitchen. It's too many chefs. You got. Jeannie Buzz, she over here working on documentaries and whatnot on the Lakers in the, in the heyday. You got Kurt Rambis, who won what in his whole career? 72 games out of 100. 72 and like 174 is his record. What can you tell me about the sport? His wife is involved in the organization. Magic, even though he's not employed, you know Magic got a word in it. He got a say in it. They, Rob, they're the reason why the Lakers are in this situation. And of course... No, I mean, I've heard some people say it, and I don't like the people that's been saying it because they're LeBron haters, but I'm saying this in an objective aspect. LeBron is at fault for this, too. Mr. GM, you got you to gotta wear some of this, too, LeBron. You helped facilitate getting Russ over here. This is why I say you can't put a bunch of the blame on Russ. This man has been that his whole career. What did y'all want for him? You really thought at this point in his career he was going to come and be what reports was, that they wanted him to be like a Dwayne Wade at the end of his career? Really, Russ? Russ was going, and at any point in Dwayne Wade's career, even in Chicago, you wanted Russ to be Dwayne. That, that was the goal y'all had for him? Dwayne Wade? Russ? I could, I, this this is so funny. You you really jumped to my point. As long as I'm gonna go, I, I'll let I'll let Miles jump in whenever. But <laughs> I I the blame. Yes, we talked about Rob Lincoln. We've talked about the family. We talked about Jeannie Buss. We talked about all the cooks in the kitchen. How they run this franchise like they're a, a small business and they're a multi billion dollar franchise, a conglomerate all over the world. The Lakers are a big brand, mm-hmm. and they don't run it that way. Kind of reminds me of the Giants for a long time. It kind of reminds me of that, but. This year, if I look at the basketball team, this is the X's nose. Yes, Ron pushed for Russ to get here. So, yes, when things don't go right, you're going to get blamed. Rightfully so. I'm not saying otherwise. But Russ doesn't get enough blame from the national, like from a national perspective. It's when people who know basketball, the media analysts and all that stuff who talk about it to me, they talk about Russ like he's a victim in all this. 
And I don't understand how how can you possibly see that guy play basketball right now and think he's a victim in any way? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and there was a report, oh yeah, Russ is uh working with the Lakers and they 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 want to mutually part ways and they're looking to find Russ a new home and it's mutual. What? I don't I don't even it doesn't even make any sense. It, it, it makes my head hurt. Like he's a, he's gonna pay 40 M's. Last year, people people are gonna compare last year to this year, him and the, the Washington Wizards. I know that the shooting splits are very similar. I get that. But he was you, that's why I always tell people, don't be a nerd. Watch basketball. Don't look at the numbers and talk, talk to me about it. Because if you tell me last year Russ was similar to this year, you're wrong. I'm sorry. Last year, he was knocking down the occasional jump shot. He was knocking down the occasional three ball. The percentages weren't great. I get it. They never are. It's Russell Westbrook. Okay? It, and I get that. And that's so fair. But the pace of play was better. He was getting on the break more. He was getting – like you know what I mean? Like when you get out on the break of Russell Westbrook, good things happen. You know? That's not happening with this team. I know this team's older, but I don't think that LeBron pulled every string to make the team old as old as all hell. I'm sorry. It's just, I, don't I just don't believe so. that. I don't think so either. But the thing that you mentioned, if we look at those two teams, right, with the pace of play, right? This is why it wasn't going to work from jump from jump street. The pace of play is dictated by LeBron. Stand over there, Russ, and I'll let you touch the ball when I want you to touch the ball. He can't play his game anyway with that Lakers. Like, of course, Washington is different. If you watch basketball, the thing that you see with Russ going on in the last game, this man is literally looks like he's scared to shoot. And the teams know that. Defenders know that. This year, he did a pump fake from the three-point line. I forgot who was guarding. Dude, man, did not flinch. We know you're not <laughs> shooting it, my boy. What you pump fake? We know you're not shooting it. He pump fake, took a dribble in. To the mid-range, the dude still was not guarding him. Russ did not shoot it. Russ is in his head. Mm-hmm. And I think I get what you're saying, but I think it's it's not so much that he's a victim, but I think it's it, it's a good thing to see that report. That he's he knows, yo, I I was with Bron. I thought this was gonna work. Yeah, I need to find a new home. Now we don't know behind closed doors if he's saying he needs to find a new home and he's blaming everybody else. Or if he sees the writing on the wall, like, I don't fit on this team. We know Russ is blaming everybody else. I Russ came out and said that he can't sit on the bench because his back hurt. His yeah. back hair is making his back hurt too much. Yeah. You, that's like, you, a guy who says that with everything that's going on this season is not blaming anybody else. It's not blaming himself. He's blaming everybody else is what I mean to say. Everyone, mm-hmm. It's everyone else's fault that he sucks. Right? And that's why – like, he hasn't worked on the jump shot. He still shoots in a – like, look, the way he plays has always been flawed. What made him mm-hmm. great was the athletic ability and the ability to get, get guys involved. He is all-time athletic. It was going to be ugly at the end. So LeBron pulling that string on that move, I get it. Blame it if you want. But what's the ex- what's the excuse for us? People want to say he's a top top. I heard someone on Twitter on Twitter. Nile, Nile. I'm gonna call Nile out. He put on Twitter, this dude is a top five point guard all time. Who? Nile did. No, 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 not 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 who said it. Who is the top five? Russell Westbrook is a top five point guard all the time. I saw some crazy stuff. Top five or top ten? Look, I'm sure I'll comment on this when you eventually post it. But it was top <laughs> five or top ten all the time. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Top five, cool. Yes, you're right. You're entitled to your own opinion. There are a lot of Russ fans out there. There are a lot of fans. He was fun to watch. You kind of get sucked into that. But if you are, you can't adjust your game. Listen, even if you don't have to hit threes, you can't slash and hit a couple of the occasional elbow jump shot. You're taking that stupid bank shot you keep missing. You throw it off the side of the backboard, embarrassing yourself in front of the nation, in front of the nation, and somehow that's Bron's fault. Bron has to wear that. Look, 
even if this didn't work, no one could have told me that. No one could have t- can tell me that they thought it'd be this bad. No one. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't even look. Like, he does not look like an NBA player. He didn't, Russ does not look like he belongs in the league. That's how bad things have been, bro. At, at times. So I, I really don't get it. Like it's it's crazy to me. I just I have a really really hard time, you know, victimizing him victimizing him in any way, and I have a really hard time blaming this all on Bron. Because even if you want to blame it all on Bron, even if it didn't work, in my wildest dreams, I did not see this coming. You're shoot. You're you're at home. You catch the ball in the corner, and the fans saying, "Please God, no, don't <laughs> shoot." Is that bad? And and is someone else's fault? He's a professional basketball but player. I He's think, a Hall of Fame guy. But I think two you know? things. I think two things can be right at the same time. Heck no, it's not all on LeBron. LeBron has to wear some of this though. But it also is right. Two things being right at the same time. Russ, obviously, we can tell up to this point, even before he came to LA, he has not really worked on that jump shot. And to get to this point in your career, and that's still an issue, is a huge, huge problem. Inexcusable. Inexcusable, mm-hmm. and it's funny to me. You know, of course, M's. he's not exactly. He's 40. not going. You're not I get it. Money get back. your money. Get your money. Forty M's. Get your money. But my dude, you do know. Like, I hope you know in the back of your head somewhere. Like, that's the thing that's really concerning is you don't see where this is an issue that you still still can't shoot. Rajon Rondo, he even somewhat developed a little three point shot. Stand still shot. You make it every now and then. Rondo even has done that because he came to the Lakers. I need to make adjustments. I need to do stuff so that I can play. Two things are right at the same time. Russ has not improved at the same time. You can't put this all on Russ head. You asked, you literally asked. This is the old saying we hear it in rap all the time. You try to turn a hole into a housewife. <laughs> this dude, the, that's what that's the that's the equivalent. You're, you're like, absolutely right. I, everything I, you I, mentioned, I, he's been doing this his whole career. He's but it's great. never been it's never been this bad. That's because this it's bad. A, it's a terrible marriage. They this should have never. But at the least, he's giving you energy. You're getting out on the break because of him. He's a one man fast break. That was Russell Westbrook for his entire career. Even even last year in Washington, when he turned things around. One man fast break. I saw him beat the Nets by himself on a road in a road game. Get a crazy triple double against us. You don't get that freedom on the And I get and I get that. And I get that. I get that. But yo, there's still ways you can affect the game, even with the way he wants to play. If you're if you're a one man fast break, you don't need Bron's permission. You catch that ball, you're out. Cool. Are we not talking about the fact that he's less athletic this year too? Like he's getting blocked by dudes he shouldn't get blocked by. I, I, I think I saw Juan Hernan Gomez block him a couple weeks ago, a couple days ago. Like just random dudes just blocking his shot. He's it's, it's it's all falling off for him. He's not an NBA dude anymore. That's what it looks like. He looks like he don't belong in the league. Ooh, wow. Russ doesn't look like he belongs in the NBA, and it's an unpopular opinion. People are gonna probably think I'm crazy for saying it, but the more and more I watch him, though, he doesn't belong here. I for think, real. I think he just 40 M's. I think he needs a new home. I think. Who wants who wants to who wants to open their doors for him? I mean, if he he's, I'm sure he's going to leave it in the season. That's five teams in five years. That's Thunder, you Houston, Washington, Lakers, and whatever no. his home is. Now that's crazy. That. I'll be I'll be working crazy because we have back to back weeks. We got guests throwing out stats like that. Like this dude's a nomad. He called him a nomad. These guys moving from home to home. That was a great stat. Like, it was a great stat. It was a great stat. I, 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 I didn't cross my mind. Man, that, come, 
Here's what I see with Westbrook, and you watch him when he was young. Um, he has some of the same tendencies, but he's a player who has never been able to adjust. Mm-hmm. He wants to play his way mm-hmm. no matter who he's with, Kevin Durant, James Harden, whatever stars. He doesn't want to adjust the way that he plays. Mm-hmm. And so when I watch him, I almost like feel bad for him because I feel like I'm watching a player who he's starting to realize, okay, I kind of can't shoot. My, I turn the ball over way too many times. Mm-hmm. I need to kind of change my game. But it's too late in his career. He doesn't know how to adjust. It's like, what's that saying? Um, it's mm-hmm. the easiest to like change a tree when you first plant it. Mm-hmm. He's a full-grown tree. This is this is Russell Westbrook, and it's too late in his career to change. And you go back to the beginning of the offseason. We, we might have the title of the show right there. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron needs shooters. And they signed Russell Westbrook as the point guard. He clearly can't shoot. Yeah. And that that's what they so they didn't put him in a good position. But Westbrook is just a player who's been so stubborn all of his career. And he, he still has the athleticism, still has all that, but it's just too late in his career to change the way that he plays. The the logic behind him signing Russell Westbrook was that what I'm is what I'm saying though. A guy who take the who's more who's high usage, take the ball out of LeBron's hands. When LeBron's in the bench, your team can function still because he's a one man fast break. He's gonna spread the ball to whatever shooters you have on the floor. Trevor Ariza, Kendrick Nunn, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh uh Bay's more you, you spread it out, right? It would should work in theory, but he sucks. It's his fault too. It's mainly his fault. He sucks. It's He's not even that guy too. anymore. It's his fault too. But what Chad just said is also synonymous for Russ. Russ needs shooters. I'm saying LeBron. I, no, I'm saying I'm saying no, no, no. You're, you're good. I'm saying in mm-hmm. regards of LeBron needs shooters, right? So they added Russ. And if you look at the Lakers roster, they ain't that much shooters on the roster. That's true period. Too. Yeah, That's true too. Shooters as well. Yeah, you look sad. at all his career. I mean, part of why he played well last year in Washington. You got one of the most deadly shooters in Bradley Bill next to you. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Kent Bazemore. Last game, my man had one three and like three air balls. He's not really a knock. Yeah, right, right. He's not a consistent knockdown shooter. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn has been out all year, and sad to say, he'll probably be gone in the offseason too. Who else is on this team that we can Wayne, say? Wayne Ellington was a guy they brought in. Wayne Ellington, he's but washed. he can't. He's watching the guards. He's supposed to be a three and D guy. You know what's funny the about D all these part, guys? The D part is no longer there. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't think it was ever really there. Well, the, the funny thing about all these guys is all these guys who came in were shooting over 40% from three when they brought them in. So in theory, this was all supposed to work. It just in didn't. Theory. In, in theory, and it didn't mm-hmm. work, and that's fine. But the energy you play with shouldn't change. With that, like, He's hanging his head. He looks like a sad dog out there. And I, and I just can't I can't wrap my head. I, I can't bring myself to victimize him. I'm not going to blame Bron for you being horrible at basketball, for you throwing the ball to the side of the backboard, for you not working on your jump shot, for you still – for you technically, right? I'm going to get real basketball nerdy on people. Everyone, yo, if you jump as high as you can and try to shoot a basketball at the apex mm-hmm. of your jump, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to shoot a high percentage because you're shooting on the way down half the time. And that's the way he shoots. Yeah. You're supposed to shoot on the way up. That's just the way it's physics. You know what I'm saying? Like, he don't shoot. He never shot the right way ever. He's never changed anything. You know what I mean? Like, he's the kind of guy, like, he's, he's the kind of guy who, like, do the same dumb stuff every day and never change it. Like, and it's just, it's, it's it personified in the way he plays ball. I'm not trying to come here and take a dump on Russ, even though I really am. Like, it's not really my goal to do that, but it's kind of hard. I just don't like the Bron criticism as much. And I know everyone knows me. I'm a Bron stan. True. I'm a Bron's greatest athlete of all time. I always say that. It's a fact. You argue with your moms. But at the same time, like, yo, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I can't. Bron brought them a championship less than two years ago. He made a bad call at Russ, but on, this thing shouldn't be looking like this, even as bad as it's been. And Russ has got to wear that. Russ has got to wear a lot of it. 
He's got to. I agree, Russ got weird. I just was pointing out there because heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to be, you know, yeah. put on, put on wax as much as I admonish his greatness. I'm putting some blame on him, and I'm looking at LeBron in the mirror, like not only in regards of this is the team you helped construct it, but watching the body language, mm. watching what he did over All Star break. The season is over. We've seen this pic. We've seen this movie from Bron before. Bron throws the little subliminals into the interviews. He says a little things and then when people point it out when people call it well, man y'all took it out of context what y'all talking about we've seen the we've seen the when players make bad plays and things of that nature as if uh, granted he's the best player on the team but as if and sometimes you don't make bad plays yourself Brian. that is happening again and we know based off of what happened when Lonzo, B.I., Julius Randle all got traded it was so tough on them mentally having to be with Braun and throwing them, him throwing people under the bus, him and his body language, him and his leadership. Okay, cool. Braun, you're not like MJ. You're not saying that Russ can't eat on the plane. Cool. But I think he's equally just as bad because you're really passive aggressive. We see that you don't like playing with us. We see you don't trust us. We see we could read through the tea leaves, what she was doing in Cleveland, stuff he was saying. You don't want us. You don't think on some level everybody else in that locker room. That's what I'm saying. They're not, they probably won't make the playoffs. I don't want to play hard. I don't want to play with Brown right now. We saw what you did in Cleveland. I guarantee you 90% of those players in the Lakers locker room right now feel like Will Smith on that last episode. Why don't he want me no more, man? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think they, I don't think they have to ask why. Just go watch your own tape. It, it, it'll, it'll, you'll see why he doesn't want you anymore, okay? Like, I, I get your point. I get your point, but sorry, I, would also, I would also argue that no NBA player, no other NBA great in NBA history has, put, has survived through more bad basketball, playing with more bad basketball players than LeBron James. You name me one, please. Find me one. There's no NBA player. There's no great NBA player in NBA history that has played and, and, and played through more basketball, bad basketball players, more bad basketball situations than LeBron James. And, and go, go flip the tape back to them early Cleveland days with Eric Snow. And you tell me, you played with Eric Snow. Eric Snow looking at the back of that ball head every time he made a mistake. And you tell me that someone else played it through more bad basketball situations than LeBron James. You tell me. So if I'm 37 years old, I'm still dealing with the same nonsense. Even if I, even if it's partly my my fault, I'm still pissed off. I'm I, I'm just saying. Rightly so. It, I mean, I'm just saying that. I'm just pointing out the, the leadership style in that regard. Yeah, that I get like, that. He's not retired yet, but this is something I think that does not get talked about enough. That as much as we praise LeBron as being a leader, some of that leadership style isn't the best. Like we get on, and before I say this, hear me out. We get on James Harden and how he approaches things with the passive aggressive. When things don't go his way, it's a different type of heart. Bron has some of those same traits in how he responds to when things don't go well. 
So when he comes out and says the quote of, we still have a chance, you have to bury me 12 feet under. Negro, I'm in the locker, I don't believe that. I just saw you roll your eyes when I made a turnover. You also seen you also seen that before, and also go into the superhuman mode where he carries a team into the playoffs and into a couple of the rounds. He does it. He's, carried teams, to, he's carried teams into finals. Now he's older, so I mean, I'm, I have, I'm saying. But, but give me this: like LeBron, the Lakers have no chemistry, right? Mm. Which that obviously blends into um, why they're not playing well. And they have a lot of old stars who all would. It's like half the roster was all just trying to hop on a championship team because mm. LeBron is there, so they don't they don't have that intensity themselves, but. This is a whole entire different roster than the Lakers team last year. Mm -hmm. And this is LeBron for the last five years of his career. He over he wants to be the GM. And this is, you know, like it's coming back on him. And it's getting later in his career. You can't keep trying to change your team every single season and expect that team to blend well. Mm -hmm. And then at trade deadline, you start and whatever time this is during the season, start making those remarks. You're changing your team every single year. How can they blend? How can you be play team? High-level quality basketball. Look at look, this is what we even talking about with Brooklyn, which is Brooklyn and Philly, where some team, some people, which it makes sense, are choosing Miami, are choosing Milwaukee mm-hmm. as favorites still because they have the camaraderie, they have the chemistry built. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. I haven't played in the league, but we've seen it in the results. It's very hard to put a team together halfway through the season, second half of the season, and go on a chip. We believe it's a possibility in Brooklyn and Philly because of the greatness of the players that they have. But then trying to fit in those spot players or roles players to understand their role and embrace their role to the fullest degree, that's kind of hard when you got a team where Milwaukee, every single, all 16 of them jokers know your role. When you come in, you only shoot with two shots, my boy. You coming to take charges. You... You coming to just cheer us on, bro. Make sure you got my water ready. The Nasus. <laughs> That's the Nasus. Let me ask you this. I haven't heard from Miles. I want to ask you this. You started off. In regards to the reports of trading LeBron, would you trade LeBron, James, in the offseason? Do you think any team would actually want to have Brown on the squad? I mean, if I'm the Lakers, if I'm trading LeBron, I got to ask for a lot in return because that means we're just giving up on competing for the next few years. I think they should blow it up anyways because, I mean, one, AD has shown he can't stay healthy consistently. And I think he's the main reason they're struggling right now is because they got this guy who's top five level player. But when you're not on the court, what are you doing for your team? So I think it'll be hard to trade LeBron. They should really think about it. I don't think Palenka is the one to get that done. I mean, mm-hmm. he doesn't really have relationships in this this league as a GM, but moving forward, I don't see a direction for this Lakers team. Like, they traded for Russ. It's not working out. There's not much talent or tradable assets on this team as constructed right now, and you don't really have that many first-round picks moving forward. That's why you didn't do the John Wall trade. So, they're kind of at a, a standstill right now. Do we trade Anthony Davis? What do you think is a more helpful trade? Trading Braun or trading AD? Trading Braun, I think. I feel like AD was supposed to be the guy they built around for the next like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like 
he was going to get the, the the mantle passed on to him from Bron. But, yeah. like, Bron, he's got, what, maybe, like, four or five years left? <laughs> Probably at a high level. Yeah. yeah. Shaq said something to me that was really interesting. I think people people heard it and go, oh, Shaq, stop, just stop talking. But Shaq said the other day, he was like, if you trade Bron, you'll never win ever again. Yo, it's, it's, it's a little dramatic, yes. You know, he's like from L.A. guy, whatever. But – there's some truth to that. Yo, trading LeBron James has ramifications mm-hmm. long term, not just with dealing with Bron, but the agency clutch. There are a lot of problems to, to trading LeBron James. And also, you don't trade a guy that great who's still playing at a high level. You just don't do that. Like you just it's not even it's not even a really an option. I don't think I think people are talking about it. I think in that building, no one's thinking about trading LeBron. I mean, if they are saying it, they're, they're keeping it to themselves. They're not gonna trade LeBron James. It's just ADs are more likely trade target, but if you ask me, they're gonna run it back and try to retool because. You can't trade Bron. You just—it's just not a thing. Like you can—you can actually do it, but you know what I mean. Like you just can't. There's rules, unspoken rules. You can't trade a guy that great. We're gonna trade Kobe when Kobe was being a pain in the butt because Lakers seem to forget he was a pain in the butt too. There were plenty of years where it wasn't fun. He was shaking and taking jump shots over three dudes, hey, hey. not passing it. <laughs> I'm just saying, God rest his soul. I'm just saying, like if we had, like we had, like Kobe was, no, was, no, was no, perfect. No, 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 I'm not saying in that regard. Yes, he was shooting over three people. But the, let's look at those rosters too, Chris Mim. Mm-hmm. Brian Cook, mm-hmm. stretch for Brian Cook, Ooh. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Ratmanovich, Smush Parker. Who else did I have to pass? Me shooting over three people was the best option for the Lakers. <laughs> Him shooting over three people was the best option on the offense and also was the best option of getting people to sit in those stands here. Because <laughs> in LA, they got other stuff to do in Cali. There's different ways to do it. There's different ways There's to different. do it. I'm saying, I mean, cause... I'm just saying in this regard, like, in that situation, that was the best situation for Kobe to shoot over three people. And I think in this situation with Bron, this is the time you throw that out the window, bro. Team ball. I mean, he's kind of been doing that this season. He This season, this is the most field goals he's attempted per game this season in his whole career. He's not even playing the wrong way. Well, Russ can't. There's no LeBron. Russ can't shoot it. Russ is over here shooting tour dates. He's shooting like three, 317, 318. I think those are cats coming to town. <laughs> yeah, those are cat. Those are cat in the weekend. <laughs> Yo, that might that might be the title right there. Bro. You said Russ is shooting tour dates. Russ is over here shooting tour dates. He over here sold out dates. <laughs> I think gonna come. So speaking of another iconic franchise, one of them that used to be their rivalry, but they both kind of have gone downhill over the I guess we should say the last decade or so. The Celtics, Celtics are right now. They want to in the last like twenty games. I think they're something like sixteen and four, fifteen and five, something along those lines. They had a little what eight game winning streak before the All Star break. How do you see this Celtics team? Because in our chat, Greg has been saying after the two game winning streak that they was fake before they even got the nine. He said it was they they fake good. They're not somebody, they're not a team to be trusted. They're not a really actual good team. What are y'all takes on this Celtic squad? I know Miles was saying you got to blow this up with the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum experiment. What's y'all takes on it? I mean, it's cool that they've gone on this run, but I just don't see them as a threat in the East. Like right now they're what, sixth in the East? Mm -hmm. Which means currently they'd have to play the Sixers. In the playoffs, if if the season ended today, so I don't realistically see them 
as a threat against Philly. So I don't know the direction that they're they're going towards moving forward. I mean, Jalen Brown is a really good player. Jason Tatum's a good player, but besides that, I don't I don't know what we we have on this roster. So I feel like they might have to, you know, do a hard reset, trade one of these guys, get some picks, get some talented players to put on this roster and and pick one. You got to pick one and build around them. So you mentioned that, right? I just want to ask, ask this, throw this out there, right? So right now they're tied, and I think Cleveland has a tiebreaker, but they're tied for the fifth seed, and Cleveland has been on a little bit of a slump since the All-Star break. If they move up to a fifth seed in a favorable, more matchup where they will play, uh, not my they play Milwaukee. No. Yeah. Um, no, there's no. But they play Chicago right now if playoffs started today. More favorable with Chicago than Philly? What would be a more favorable matchup for them? Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Chicago, defensively, they're, defensively they're weaker than people would like to admit. So you have a better chance of letting, you know, better chance of guy, of your guys, Jalen and Jason Tatum, getting getting off because you, who's guarding them? I mean, Caruso should be back, but tough matchup for Caruso guarding Jason Tatum. Just height difference. 6'8". Yeah, and then if you're, you're – Pat Williams would really help you in a series like that. They don't have him. They're gonna to have to put Demar Rose on him. Demar is not a, Demar. Don't play defense. <laughs> it's just not his thing. Demar don't play defense, and Zach don't play defense yeah, we either. Know Zach don't. Yeah, Zach definitely does. Doesn't. Um, so I mean, look, the Celtics are an interesting constructed team. They they have some young pieces like Robert Williams, who's nice. I think he would get a nice little chunk back in the, in the trade for him. Marcus Smart is a guy that could have been traded, and they would have got some nice pieces back for him too. And the Derek White addition is nice. It, it's made them better. It's, there's no, there's no way around it. Especially defensively, they're playing really hard. I think that's the difference between them now and in years past. But it's very redundant having Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown be at your point of attack. It just they do the same thing, mm-hmm. and they come at you the exact same way. And there's no, there's nobody there who facilitates and get guys open to, and gets guys easy shots. That's not Jason Tatum. That's not Jalen Brown. They don't do that. We said this about them before. We've had the same conversation. I don't think anything's really changed. The thing that's changed is that Emi Udoka's done a great job motivating them to play great defense. They do a good job defensively. And that's what's changed their fortunes this season and why they're turning things around. But you ask me, I, I look, there's, an, there's teams you play in the playoffs that you can't stop. You're not going to stop a healthy Brooklyn team from scoring 120 points. Probably not, unless they're just having a bad night. You're not going to stop Philly from – ravaging your defense you're just not going to do that there's no matchup for Embiid that didn't stop him there's no well you know there's no matchup besides himself for Harden if Harden to the club the night before maybe he'll play bad but there's there's no matchup for these guys that's going to really stop them in all seriousness so you got to be able to match them offensively and I think when you can't get easy shots down the stretch you start to see it every shot Jason Jason Tatum takes a lot of hard shots if you watch him enough he's a lot of fadeaways a lot of falling out of bounds it's not enough easy looks Jalen Brown's a little better with it, but again, it's the same way. They attack the same defense the exact same way. It's hard. It's hard to to compete at that with that with that way their team has been built. It's structurally is a problem. You need a point guard that can set things up and get you easy looks, and I don't think they have that. So I, I don't really believe in them. You and everyone knows that. You know, I love talking trash about Boston. It's fun. You know, I feel like a freedom fighter when I do it. <laughs> so so it's a lot of fun for me. I think the thing when you talk about Boston though is like. The thing that the conversation we always have when we talk about teams and all sports, if you can't win a championship, right, 
should you just suck or should you still just play your best ball? Because we know when you look at the East for the next three to five years, I don't care what they do. I don't care if they trade Jason or Jalen. Celtics aren't going to be in the championship conversation. We know in the East, you're looking at for the next three to five years, Brooklyn, Philly, Miami, Milwaukee. Mm. Their, their stars and their rosters are pretty much set and locked. And outside of health, those are the main teams that are actually championship contenders. Is nothing that can be done with the Boston Celtics in the next three, five years that's going to put them in championship contention. So then do you just suck? I'm so happy you said that. And I'll, I'll let someone else talk. I just want to say this real quick. They're historically too conservative. They had all the draft picks from the terrible Nets trade that I have to live through, Billy King. I hope he's somewhere miserable right now. But Billy King, I, they have all those picks from that, from that trade, and they did nothing for years. We made fun of Danny Ainge for that to the point where Danny Ainge ended up leaving, right? Utah. When, when, and we called it on the podcast. He's going to Utah next, but that's a whole different conversation. But they, another conservative place, by the way, and, and the reason why they're going to lose Donovan Mitchell, he goes to another conservative place where they're going to they're going to sit on those picks. They're going to sit on the assets they have and never never take a chance. And that's what Boston has done for as long as I can remember. They've never pulled the trade on a, on a trigger on a big trade. And so here we are. And it's, this, it's, it's the conversation you're trying to bring up now about, hey, if you do you suck or are you good just being pretty the middle, good? Middle of the pack. Middle of the pack. And that's what Boston is. They're a middle of the pack team. They're not a, they can't win a championship. I, I saw I saw ESPN talk about them winning a championship. I said, yeah, that's why you can't listen to nerds. If you watch them play ball, they, there's no way they're going to win a championship. There's no way. There's no way for the next three to five years when you look at both, you look at both conferences, right? Even in the West. And I want – of course, the East has been very competitive here, but if we look at <laughs> the West is going to be back on top next season because you got a full strength, full healthy Denver Nuggets squad with Murray coming back fully healthy if he don't get injured in the playoffs. Michael Porter Jr., if he don't get injured in the playoffs, healthy with Jokic, who's playing MVP level. Then you got still Phoenix, and you still got Memphis on the come up, which they might not be a championship contender, but they're definitely in the conversation. And then you have Phoenix and what's my other team? You put Utah in the mix too, but you think of Dallas? Oh, no. Nah, no, I don't think so. Phoenix and who's number two? Golden State. Golden State. Them fully healthy. We see them on a slump, and we see they've been struggling. Draymond's out, so uh, let, let's pump the brakes. Whoa, Golden State is no longer a championship, and that's not true. So over the next three, five years, we talking about Golden State, Phoenix, Denver. Memphis. Memphis. Let's throw those four teams out there. It's nothing. You feel me? There's certain teams where you know. And you actually got to throw out next season. I might put the Clippers above Memphis with Paul George and Kawhi coming back. Yeah. Fully healthy. And these young players that have been playing Brandon Boston and all They've been getting really good minutes, and you bring back Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. It just I have that conversation is like, what do you do? Are you middle of the pack? Or are you tanking? Because even if you're tanking, the player that you're bringing in isn't going to change you into a championship contender either. So what do you do? Like the Lakers, they haven't got draft picks to do anything anyway, so they're they're going to suck. Sacramento, y'all going to still suck. Like, do you just embrace sucking? A team like the Lakers can be too. It's one healthy year for for AD that changes everything for you. So that's a big if. That's a big if. It's a big, big if. if. It's a, yeah. That's like AD talking about uh, next year if AD is healthy. That's like 
hoping that Chick-fil-A opens on Sunday. <laughs> it's 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 just you're right. I just think that with the Lakers, they're in a weird situation because they're not actually a bad, they're not actually a bad core. These teams that are bad are bad to the core. I saw the Blazers play last night. There are there are there are YMCA teams that could beat that team right now. Like they're bad to the core. Like the Lakers are not bad. To, they, when you have Braun in your team and you have AD, every team in the league is gonna is gonna have to have some level of respect for you down if you can get it right around them. Now that's a big if. I get it. I get I get this this, this skepticism and look on your face right now. I get it. Mind you, this is like Lakers fans are so spoiled. By the way, this is crazy. You look this way after winning a championship a year and a half ago, and you look like <laughs> you look like you root for the uh, the. Uh, well, I don't even, the Nets back in 2000 and 2011. It's crazy. Because this is, we expect championships. We're supposed to compete <laughs> for championships. Hey, were they born Brown the day? Were they born Brown? Was that, was that, were yeah, they that, was, that was the other game. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they was born. That, that's beyond me. Yeah. That's above my pay grade. I don't know why they was born. <laughs> grade. But being honest, though, same thing with Celtics, though. They haven't sniffed one in a while, but. These are two franchises where that's the standard. Mm-hmm. You're coming here to get chips. They call me crazy. This might be a hot date. But if Bron retires, forces his way out with only one ring in LA on a Lakers squad, it's a failure, my nigga. It's a failure on everything. It's a failure. <laughs> One championship coming to the Lakers. Remember, see, this is where I say I loved Kobe more as a player. Not saying that he was better, but Kobe as a player. Because like when Dwight came over, when certain players came over, we're here for championships, plural. We okay and just settle with one. I don't think Bron's okay with settling. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying. For those that say, oh, we're spoiled, we don't settle for just one championship, bro. <laughs> and especially me, yeah, I'm, I'm looking in disgust. I used to be a Cowboys fan. This is the only team I have to look forward to. And this is what we're doing? <laughs> this is this is what we're doing. And I was skeptical from jump. Moscow test. Everybody was over here. Got a Fenty Savage on. They happy. They they drinking Henny Culottas. Oh, we got AD. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> nah, bro. I got other Lakers fans. Bro, we gonna yo. We got a dynasty in the making. With who? <laughs> AD. I said this from drop. I would. I've been consistent. I've never AD. Anthony Davis, who struggled to do stuff in New Orleans. AD. <laughs> Anthony Davis, the man that refuses. Talking about people being stubborn. Why does this man continue to shoot 17 and 20 footers consistently? And it'd be people like me guarding him. If you don't get your big unibrow self down in the post. <laughs> you mentioned Russ talking about some, oh, my back hurt, uh, being on the bench. You got Eddie talking about, I don't really like the five. Negro, if you don't, that's how we won the championship. If you don't yeah. get your big behind down there, talk, I don't like really don't playing the five. You got one ring to your name. You think you got the choice? You've also just answered. I hope you. I hope you realize you're answering your question you asked earlier about who to trade is obviously AD. Oh, I. You know, I've been. I yeah. said. I said at the trade deadline, get rid of him. We were saying. We said on the show. Get rid of him. The unibrow. All. All of that. Get it out. <laughs> get it out. He got. Who. Who was it in the Wizard of Oz with the with the bad heart? The lion. 
That's exactly that. That's perfect. He looks lioness, tough AD, oh, future Hall of Famer, twenty-five and ten every single night. Ain't got no heart. Mm-hmm. Put Montrez Harrell heart in him. I, <laughs> we got three straight. No, it's truth to that. It's we got three straight. A lot of truth to that. He he just built he built different, which is fine. That's that's fine. He's not built for it tough. That's, a, that's cool. Like that's what you want to do. And to me, from what it seemed like, all reports to people, reporters that are way more knowledgeable in the situation than me, have said it seemed like AD been chilling since they got the chip. It looks like it. It looks like he it. ain't come back with nothing deeper in his game. He ain't come back with something else in his bag. He ain't come back like oh, like we see all the every every summer we see somebody. Even though I ain't translating anything yet. Oh, Mellow dropped pounds. He got a six pack again. Ain't translating nothing. We don't never hear that about AD. <laughs> <laughs> we don't never hear that. We don't hear nothing over the summertime. Like, oh, AD came back looking. Is it Mellow been the second most consistent player on the Lakers this year? That's how bad things have been. Who's the first? LeBron. LeBron. Nah. Nah. He had 25 straight 25 plus point games. No, no, no. Bron is the most <laughs> oh, consistent. Oh, yeah. I said I'm second. Sorry. I said Melo's second most consistent player. Okay, okay. Who, 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 who guys think? Who, I'm Malik saying Monk. I'm saying Malik Monk. I love Malik. I, 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 More consistent than Melo because Melo, if we look at the stats before the injury and whatnot, Melo might give you 14 and 8. And then mm-hmm. the next game legit will go one for seven from three point and would only shoot all three points. I bow to your opinion as being a Lakers fan. Are you a Lakers fan too, Chad? No, I'm not. He was a he was a Nets fan when he was in Jersey, which I did did people uh, dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did people yeah. dirty. Okay. <laughs> That's why I don't wish nothing good for y'all. <laughs> we don't we don't even need your 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 ill wish. We just lost again tonight. <laughs> so. That's beautiful, but KD put up numbers, so fan duel, hey. <laughs> So, Eric Adams. <laughs> Hurry up and announce that Kyrie can play a home idiot. <laughs> like it ain't happening. Why would it not? Why would it not happen? Is that is that what people think? It's not going to happen. Well, why would wanna, it not happen? I want to get your opinion on this, right? So, with the mandate and everything going on, and Adams is talking about, I'd love to see Kyrie play, but I can't change the rule just for so him. Bad. If this stays the way that it is. Are the Nets really a viable option to win the championship if we're getting Kyrie half of the half of the playoffs? No, they're not. You know, they have these other Miami is balling. They they mesh so well together. Chicago, I don't think they're going deep, but they they play well together. Milwaukee is already a championship team. Kyrie, he's he's not. If he's playing a third of the games, I mean, I feel like he's definitely not playing half of the games. Because I feel no, like there's yeah, something yeah. else that happens on the other right. day. So no, there's not, I don't think they're viable. They have to have Kyrie, but I think even in this season, it's too late to just put Kyrie into the mix and expect the championship team because he's not. There's no chemistry that's built. I think the thing where it would work out, the percentages would be higher. Because I agree, it's kind of late in the season to then expect things to turn around, especially when being part time right now. Only way it would the percentage would would be higher as if Adams. We'll let him start playing home games, and he's able to play what the last twenty games y'all got on your schedule. Yeah. He's able to play all twenty. I think we see the chemistry kind of build a little bit faster because 
everybody, even though he's not there, they know what Kyrie's role is. Everybody in that locker room knows. Move out the way. The star is here. The showman is here. Can give us 25 right now, any given night. We saw what he did against Milwaukee, and that was what? That was a, a week? That was fun. A week of not playing at all? That was so much fun. It was like two weeks. Two weeks of not playing at all. Off two weeks. Off he's two a basketball weeks. genius. The guy is he's, he's incredible. Genius. He's like the anti Russell Westbrook. Savant. Oh, they're not even in the same combo. They're never, not in the same combo. Oh, no, and I'll, say this, I'll say this too. They've never been in the same combo. I don't care what Russell's with the MVP. He would, they were never in the same conversation. Kyrie's always been better. Just Kyrie mm. rolled out of bed better than Russ. Just saying. Mm. You brought up a team before you transition too that I want to talk about. The Mavs. How do y'all see the Mavs this year? Because they are they on a winning streak. Luca had again another season. He started off it seemed like he was out of shape. Gets it, gets it rolling. He's in the MVP conversation right now. Do you think they ever are able to get over that hump with Dallas? Because you have an all-time talent who, by all means, even though LeBron obviously still has talent, it was like a passing of the torch how Luka went off on the Lakers. What do you see as the ceiling with this Mavs team? Because even though they're a big market team, don't know why you're coming to Dallas. Nobody really signs in Dallas, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody willingly goes to Dallas. Mark, you may have a trade for them or try to do one of those – Overpaying on a contract, restricted free agent, and the team doesn't want to match it. Mm-hmm. You got Luca. You got to be playing for championship at some point. That's um, but he's definitely a championship level player. But I think it, like nothing really. Obviously, the NBA is evolving, but you have to have a big man who can score the ball. And I think Dallas has that. Same thing with Boston; they don't have a big man who can score the ball, and you have to add that. Oh, they had poor. They tried to have that with Porzingis, but he didn't uh, produce that. Oh, anyway. definitely didn't. No, him and um, him and AD are very similar. They must have the same trainers. Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, they they need to add more piece. They have a nice team. I like watching them. Brunson, I love his game, but um, no, they're not. They're, I think they're in the same place as Boston. They can settle for fourth in the West, maybe get a win a playoff series here and there, but. To make a deep run and really be a championship contender, though. No. They're Celtics West. That's the, that mm-hmm. was perfect. That's that's brilliant. So. We, have to give, we have to give Chad a 10 day or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was good. That was, he said what I was thinking. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they have too much of the same thing. Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Luca. Hello. <laughs> they all do the same they thing. They got Maxi Kleber. They got Dwight Powell. Regarding a bigs, which are basically rim running, Maxi Kleber will shoot a three here, there, but Who's you know, you know, the man championship team. My bad, Jalen Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown would make them a team that is not this is a championship team, but like a, a more a more serious team. I I, I could I have to take them very seriously. Jalen Brown and Luka Doncic together would be very interesting. I'd be very Especially intrigued because Jalen Brown actually will play D, and he'll, he'll guard and you the keep, best you perimeter keep offense. You keep Dinwiddie in that deal, maybe. Maybe you can somehow keep him. That team would be interesting. I think I think you could keep him in that one because the player that most teams would want off that slot is Brunson. Brunson. Oh, his game's so nice. Yes, I love Brunson. Oh, his game. You know, is so I love. Nice. You know, I love a good lefty. Being of a lefty myself. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, I'm just saying that'd be interesting. Their chip, but as of right now, for the foreseeable future, until changes happen, them, the Celtics, the Lakers. 
their chances right now, their hopes of getting a championship is dead. And we could say the same, which is possibly happening with baseball. Mm-hmm. Baseball as a sport literally might no longer be with how these negotiations are going, how the owners, which I think is the wildest thing, they are in negotiations. Negotiations. Hey, I want the color blue on my jersey. You want the color red. Let's go for purple. Meet in the middle. Reports right now, the owners are not meeting in the middle for nothing. They're saying no on every single thing. As if baseball is still lit like that. They canceled the first two series. It seems as if the owners and the commissioner actually does not care about the sport. What are y'all takes on what's going on with with baseball? I mean, they aren't in a position to do this. The sport is boring as is. <laughs> it's dying before this even happened. Yeah. And y'all want to play around and drag these negotiations out? Well, it's not negotiations, obviously. It's I'm the owner. You're my slave. Do it as I say. Yo, Chad, you a big baseball fan? I was growing up when I was in Antonio. It's um, this game's just a little slow. It's it's hard to to stick with it. You You saying you were growing up is pretty much the whole conversation, right? That's that's the problem that they have. They they they, it's it's all very symbolic of the fact that they don't understand what's going on right underneath their noses. These owners and they're doing it right here, and it's playing out right in front of us with with these negotiations negotiations between them and the CBA. And it's just as simple as, hey, like, or, or the, the player association on the CBA. But it's as simple as, like, you guys don't realize how how dire of a situation this is in terms mm-hmm. of your popularity nationally with these kids coming up. These kids coming up don't don't want to play baseball. That's that's the problem. They don't got enough people playing baseball. And, and to lose it for a year when you have, you know, Otani came on the scene and that was exciting and you got some some nice young talent in the league, you know, Soto over in uh, in in Washington. You have guys that are that are exciting to watch, and to lose up that product for even a little bit of time in the midst of the NBA Finals, the NBA playoffs. You're already competing with those guys. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. You get pushed back a couple weeks because you weren't going to win those rating battles anyways. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't help you. <laughs> like it's no. you know, the money is not even really the concern. It's it's the viability of the sport. That's a whole different conversation. Usually with these kind of things, the money is the is where the problem is. Like, hey, I don't want to lose money. I got to put butts in seats. You know, I, I, these teams are my investment as an owner, whatever. Cool. That's the normal conversation you have when things go to a lockout. But in this case, baseball has been dying in terms of popularity. It's really long. I love the sport. I don't watch every inning. I don't watch till the, the ninth. Like, I'm just not doing it. Like, it, there's a lot of issues with baseball right now, and it, it starts with viability. So for you to have a lockout now is the worst possible time for it to happen. Um, and, you know, I, I don't. I certainly don't blame the players. I certainly don't blame them. It's, this is an owner issue. Hey, Miles, I know how much you are into baseball, especially being a Yankees fan, and you know it well, and I know you actually still watch the sport. You would go to games. I have yet to go to a game. Because everybody says going in a game is a different experience. It's fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I have yet to go in person, and I may may never be able to go at this rate. <laughs> um, how are you viewing these talks? Because they're not negotiating. How are you viewing how baseball is handling this right now? I mean, they've dropped the ball on it. Like, this season should be starting on time. Owners aren't, you know, meeting in the middle with the players. 
like over the last week, we've heard that they've had their own meetings. The players have had their own meetings, like two hours. Then they come together, 15 minutes, it's adjourned. And then we move on to the next day. So clearly there's a disconnect there where they can't even agree or get things in motion in any of these meetings. So now we have to push it back a couple weeks, which I feel like even that is going to get pushed back even further. Mm -hmm. We might not have baseball till like May, June, if that. I mean, I'm hopeful that we even have a season, but it's it's just not a, a good look, especially when if you look at all the sports out there, I'm probably sure that baseball's probably at the bottom now. Mm-hmm. Like NHL might even be that's fun. A bigger oh my sport god, that's that. fun. Yeah. I wish black people more black people play big, uh, hockey, man. That junk, that junk is fun. It is. My dad, my dad's a big hockey fan. The Rangers are a lot of fun to watch, man. Hockey oh, yeah. is a good time. I would not go to a hockey game at the risk of getting spit at, but <laughs> but it's a lot of fun, yo, watching that sport. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, it's a much better product than base. It's a much better product than baseball already. By the way, Miles, I don't know if you're going to touch on this, but. The difference between these lockout negotiations and the NBA's lockout negotiations that have happened through our, through our lives is that, or even other sports, these owners don't respect these players. They don't respect them at all. There's no respect at all I was there. Just about to touch on that. Zero respect. I was just about to touch on that. Who? I can't think of his name. You remember the name of the president of the Players Association? Tony, uh, baseball. Oh, Tony, Tony Clark. Clark. Tony yeah. Clark has done a superb job of getting everybody, all the players, on the same page. Which is very hard to yeah. do. Everybody's got different agendas. Everybody has different agendas. Everybody's money is different. Mm-hmm. The making cats. We see, over. we see, for example, in NFL. At the end of the day, that money talks, and everybody not gonna be on page. We've seen it in the negotiations. We've seen the star players. I forget the year it was because I don't think we were alive yet. But the lockout that they was having with NFL negotiations back in, I want to say the nineties or the eighties, some of the big players that turned were like Joe Montana, like players like that. Just hey, forget these ones. Let's just get back to the sport. MLB, even though it's not possibly some games coming around, I think it's just setting up a blueprint across the board for other players, if they're paying attention to be on one accord to make these owners understand. We want to be treated respectfully. We want to be paid correctly because this is a, what's going on right now is actually what is happening in the workforce across America. The rich keep getting richer while the people that are actually doing the work are getting less. The MOB, as Greg just said, the owners do not respect the players. At least you see in the NBA, can't speak to NHL, NFL, they are the same, <laughs> same, same mindset. Yeah. <laughs> the NBA, they see the players, even though they get annoyed, it's a partnership. You don't get money in your pocket as the owner if I, for example, LeBron James is not out here making this product great, evolving the sport. So they obviously work way better. But what MLB is doing and the president 
of the Players Association and get everybody on the same page. It's actually beautiful. And I hope other sports take notice because I think this is going to come down the pipeline in other sports where it's going to be an issue like this. And we're going to see stuff more like this. I.E. the NBA. Trust and believe the next negotiation, the next collective bargain dream that comes up with the James Harden nonsense he's been pulling with what happened to John Wall is not, I don't, I, I don't think it's going to go smoothly this time around. The owners are fed up with players like James Harden and the players are like, you can't do what you're doing to John Wall. We love the sport. Don't tell me to go home. Yeah, of course I want my money. I want my $44 million, but I can't play. I can't practice. Don't come into the arena. Nah. I think those negotiations are not going to go smooth, smooth and I think it'll be very similar Could be a lockout situation. to the MLB. Mm-hmm. I think so. Make it ugly. I think the owners, they respect but the owners, it. But for the first time, maybe in sports history, the owners, the, you, you might be team owner on that one. What happened with James Harden was dead wrong. Dead wrong. That was Every that single was, time. You can't, you can't see what happened with James Harden. You're going to be getting the soapbox while James Harden getting this back. This back. <laughs> Yo, that you can't see what happened with him, see him purposely turn the ball over, all that stuff, being overweight, letting the ball roll backcourt, and him just watch the team pick it up and go dunk it, and like he did in Detroit and all that stuff. Tim do all that stuff on purpose. Go to Philly, look at like a brand new player, not turn the ball over, look great. Like you can't have that happen just for the just for the integrity of the sport. There are people who bet money on games. So James Harden was screwing people out of money out of money. It, it, it's it's deeper than just the Nets or me being a Nets fan. If you bet on the Nets play in certain nights, Harden was throwing games. Make no mistake about it. That's what you got here doing. Also, the thing that's the issue with Harden is it's not the first time. Oh, yeah, twice. That's the thing where it's like I know owners had an issue with that that crap pull he pulled in Houston. And then he went and did it again in New Jersey. And I was about to say New Jersey. And with the Nets. You did it again with the Nets. Yeah. And if I'm a betting man. If they got this as a player problem, fan duel, two three years he might be doing the same thing to me. I very well see that happening. It could happen. Yeah. yeah, it's the track record he has now, and the contract he's in a sign to be a mega deal. It may not be as good. You know, there's, there's a lot of potential friction that could happen in Philly down the line that people don't talk about. It looks great now. It's great. He took off the fat suit. He looked good. He's he's, he's a vegan now. He's eating chicken strips, uh, clean, uh, grilled, not not fried. <laughs> Things are looking good, but it, it's a, it's going to be an ugly negotiation for the NBA because the, the owners and the owners have elected to stand up. I am team owner for this negotiation. I am team because it screwed me as a fan. I dealt with it when Brown wanted out of uh, out of out of these uh, Cleveland and the first time and the second time and out of Miami. He never packed it in. There's just a way to go about doing this. You can still be professional and get your way as a star player. You don't have to be hardened. You don't have to be what he was. But for that to happen and for him to set that precedent is crazy. Even the Ben Simmons situation is pretty problematic, if you ask me. I mean, look, mental health situation, you got to respect it. I get it. Maybe it's a little bit different. It's, it's definitely different than Harden's situation. But to have a guy to sit out, it, it's it's tough. It's tough. It's hard not to side with the owners, especially if you're a real fan of the sport and you root for a specific team. Because you don't you don't know what it's like until it burns you. And, and I know what those Houstonians was going through. I know we don't you know we don't care about any, anywhere besides New York and L.A. But at least that's the way it feels. But it's a real problem. It's a real issue. Yeah, circling back to MLB, it's just the fact of certain things that we're hearing that come out of what they don't want to give up and how they want to treat the players and 
is really all into bring more money to their pockets, i.e., they talking about having what another two or four teams in the playoff format, which again, I don't, I, I guess they just don't care because you already have what 35 to 40 spring training games, you have 162 game regular season, yeah, I added the one playoff game, wild card exit game, and then y'all want to add another two to four teams. But playoff time, you know, it's more money. It's the TV ratings. It's the TV deals. It's more money in that. Hundred, think of just think about that. And then we're having issues and complaints about they don't want to give more money. I get it. Baseball players be getting paid, but yo, our kids gonna learn how to play baseball. But just think about that. They're playing almost two hundred games in a year. And y'all, t- y'all really aren't budging on trying to give players more money. One of the things where they're talking about, again, it's really like a slave mindset. Yo, y'all are not allowed to test free agency. Y'all are not allowed to try to get some more money till after, what is it? Six seven years. years. Seven, seven years. years. Seven years. Yep, arbitration every year up until the they can't. Seven. It's not like NBA NFL where you could test free agency. It's seven years. Seven, seven years. And then they have the uh, uh, different from other sports. They have the the farm system where they could kind of do that to hide you down there to not pay you also right. that's different from other sports right and they want hey instead of seven can we get five no why Six. are they just now asking for no. this by the way because it's always been a problem i was hearing they haven't all been on the same page Stupid. this is why i shout out to the president and i'm forgetting tony, his clark, name tony, tony clark. clark tony clark has done a superb job to get all of these players on the same page. They talk for two hours, and I think it's beautiful, though. They talk for two hours, we're on the same page, and the conversation only lasts for 15 minutes. We're not budging on this, my boy. Yeah. And to get them to be unified like that, a whole sport to be unified, where you got players that are in the farm system, triple A, class B, getting paid only $100,000 in a year, and they're on board, too. When you got the players that are getting the Shohai Otani's getting paid millions. He's on board too. Yeah. Everybody's on board. It affects everybody. Everybody, exactly, because of course the higher ups, y'all, they good regardless. They probably want some more money. They probably want to test free agent free agency sooner. Cool. But the ones on this is for this is for the kids that are actually still playing baseball. This is for them growing up. And this is for that person that's in triple A in the middle of Nork playing over there by the NJ Pack system. Trenton Bears. The Trenton Bears, they can't, whatever the team. I don't know what the hell they are, Trenton Thunder or something. (laughs) This is for them, so they can get paid too. Yeah, man. So I think it's a, it's a beautiful, the sport is dead. I don't care about baseball. I don't care. They could come back. It's still gonna be dead. If you, I was also saying this for everyone who listens to the show, if you, if you like the MLB, the video games, and you want to know what we're talking about, go make a My Player and crush 50 home runs and the next year go to arbitration they offer you a million dollars or something because that's what they do in real life and you can't go to free agency for like seven years it's crazy by the time you by the time you're free agency you're like you're like 30 years old it's and then you get one more big deal and you're up that's it that's, that's it. it now you're out of your prime baseball is crazy it is it is crazy which is a complete complete switch when we talk about the day which is why i can understand which is beautiful in other sports. A Kyler Murray saying, "I want my money now." Mm, you come around on this since three o'clock. No, I'm not. <laughs> <coming around. laughs> I said from jump. So this was a discussion, right? 
So Kyler Murray, who's still under contract for another two years and possibly three because the Cardinals are franchise tag. The whole him wiping his Instagram of Arizona and the reports in the media, it has been basically he want more money. He want to get paid. He want to get paid. He want to get paid like a top quarterback. I said, this was my stance. I said, I get it. I'm all for players getting their bread. But if I'm the owner, I'm not paying this man. Not this soon. Not a mobile quarterback two years in. I don't think so. And especially last game you played in the playoffs. That was probably that was probably one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a quarterback. Yeah. And you right. want to get paid. And I get it. I get what y'all was saying. They were saying it's the market. The market always changes. That Prescott, that Prescott got 40, 40 million a year, even though he don't deserve that. He got forty million a year. This is the standard right here. Forty million is the minimum he's asking for because Dak Prescott has got forty million. Get your money, but as the owner, I'm not. I'm not paying. I'm not paying Kyler. Just not doing it. I just think. I just think. I'm not even disagreeing with you, by the way. I don't, I don't, when I, when I heard that he was pushing for more money and he was going to hold out and not play, I thought it was ridiculous at, ridiculous at first, too. But the owners are, are, are a byproduct of what's wrong with this, with this football team. When you watch that last game and you're talking about Kyle being so bad, if I remember correctly, he had no time for the ball. They had no rhythm. They didn't get a run game going when it mattered against the top tier defensive line. We're talking about they were 10th in, in rushing yards. What was their strength? What was their strength of schedule? Who are they running the ball against all year? Because yeah, when it mattered, Kingsbury too in that playoff. Game. Yeah, and you can blame him too. They read, they read him up. They gave him more money, which tells me they're going to give Kyler his way because that's Kyler's man's. That's just the way it's going to work out. And Kyler has a lot of leverage. This this Arizona team that's that's typically very conservative, like you're saying, you're absolutely right, has gone all in. Zach Ertz, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, all the stars, the the, uh, the Hopkins. Reports came out today, by the way. You mentioned it. This is why I forgot to put it in the chat. This is why I'm like, maybe they're veering towards trying to save money or go a different route. Hmm. Ports came out today. Oh. I'm not signing back Chandler Jones. Well, Chandler Jones had like a five sack game and never had a sack ever again. That's not. It's not because they don't want to he win. Ended, it's just he because ended, of he ended, up, he ended up with nine. So he had, he, <laughs> oh, yeah. had, he had another sack. Well, yeah. I mean, well, based on that five sack game, he should have finished with like twelve or whatever. Maybe he, maybe they think he's getting old and they want to phase him out. Fine. You, you, you'll find it. You know how many, you know what this draft draft is a surface surplus of pass rushers yeah. in this draft. So mm-hmm. they don't, they're not kicking the can on the road. They're going to go try to win a championship. Trust me. They're going to go get a, a good pass rusher in the second round. That's what's going to happen. And they're going to be back at it again. That team is trying to win a chip, which means Kyler understands I have leverage. You guys aren't even protecting me. Guess what? I hate getting hit. Guess what? I could have done. Go swung at a baseball for the rest of my life. And you know what wouldn't have been happening? I wouldn't be getting hit by 400-pound men. But because you guys can't protect me, all right, I want my bread right now because my career could be end at any given moment. He's had injuries last two years. I, if I was playing baseball, that wouldn't happen. I'd be in the, in the, in the outfield spitting sunflower seeds and mm-hmm. collecting my bread. So you and can't – you know what I mean? am, I, am, I, am, I, am I making sense? You're making sense, but go play baseball then. If this, I'm, I'm, you can't – you're not saying I'm that for your owner, Tone. That's, that's ridiculous. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting as the owner, and again, we just talked about what happened with MLB. The owners in the NFL are very similar like that. They are not, especially because it's been happening lately in the NFL, which is which is new territory for them. They are not trying to have the NFL end up looking like the NBA in regards of player empowerment. It's too late. It might be too late, but I'm playing in the role of the owner. 
if how they look at it, and I think this is the facts because we're seeing it all through the, the media. We see college talking about, yo, actions speak louder than words. They've been having negotiations all offseason. We haven't heard nothing about it. We saw the little scrub of the Instagram. That's when it started. So obviously negotiations aren't going well. Even though they re-upped Kingsbury, obviously Arizona don't see him how he see him. I think that's true. There's a disconnect somewhere. I, I think they're There's more they're more on your along your lines. Like they're trying to hold firm for the rest of the owners that are watching because they understand that this is a what precedent that's for what, what for what the league could look like in terms of being like the NBA. I think though we don't know the exact number, but I think obviously the money ain't matching up because something I was listening to on one of these other podcasts. It was a guest that came on and he said this. He said a trusted agent, knowledgeable agent that's been in the business decides to now go into the public space and put the information out in the media to get the public on their side, to get the public to rock with Kyler Murray. Like, yo, the Cardinals ain't doing right by him. Obviously, you went to this source because it's not, negotiations ain't going that hot. The fact that you're going into the public space now, you're using media outlets, but yo, you hear Kyler now, oh, actions match, you know, actually speak louder than words. I get it. Get your money. I'm just saying, I don't think the owners really see it that way. See it that way or see him that way? Because if it's a question about his talent and who he is as a football player and whether or not he deserves the money, the answer to that question is deserve is a 1 million percent yes. He deserves that. He deserves the money. I don't think they see him how he sees him, though. From what reports are, it sounds like he sees himself as a top five quarterback. They, I think they very much obviously – appreciate value and understand how important he is to them. If they're really trying to get a championship, they know his value in that regard. I think they just seen it as my boy, we love you. We appreciate you, but you're not top five. So let's, let's talk down on this number. And I think Everyone that's where they're at. Paid like top five when they're up. Kirk Cousins got paid like he was top is five. Is he really up right up. now though? When, when it's, and I, I get that fine. If that's the case, if that's, if that's the only argument they have, it's not your turn. If you want to say it's not your turn, I understand that. But in reality, that's where they at. Okay, that's fine, and, and it's fine. You, you can make that case. But then he 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 might sit out. He might just he might hold back his services. And if he holds back his services, you're losing ticket sales. You're not going to the playoffs because who's your other option? Josh Rosen or whoever, like or Mike Glennon or or Colt McCoy. Can't go please him. try to get. Oh yeah, great. Please go do that. <laughs> go do that. He keep it funky for you all season long. Keep it funky Friday. Yeah, right. It'll be funky right all right. Yeah, It'll be a real funky situation in Arizona. Like I'm just saying, like it, it's. I'm sorry, I can't see him sitting out a season, and, and for uh, for all the reasons that y'all mentioned too, being that he sees himself as top quarterback, he's mobile. He's been playing well. He's had these top of the line passing yard seasons, rushing yard seasons. I can't see him at that age and at this point in his career, only two years in, to actually sit out a whole season. You never I think this. I think I'm. You never know what goes on his head, but I'm a. If I'm betting on this being at his age too, like they mentioned, this happened. The same thing happened with the Cowboys. Emmitt Smith wanted more bread. He sat out the first two games. He was further along in his career. You at your peak right now, and that's how you view yourself. You at your peak. I can't see him saying I'm a selfie. I can see this dragging out through preseason to something that might be the first game of the regular season. We decided to pay Kyler. I can see that, but Kyler at this age, at this peak, sitting out this young, that would be unprecedented. And I agree. If he does that, then 
Arizona is is dumb, and the franchise is going to go downhill after that. I just can't. This would literally be unprecedented. He's what 24, 25, sitting out an entire season. That would be unprecedented. Is, is that, is that, to my opinion, it's not going to get to that point because they're going to pay him beforehand because mm-hmm. his value to that franchise is more than they could ever under. They understand what he's worth to them. They understand. It is so hard to find a great quarterback. It's just it's really hard. When you have one, when you have, a, when you have an elite quarterback in the good NFL, quarterback. He's, not great. he's elite. Good. He's elite. He's great. Hold up. Kyle Murray's elite. Are you not? Come he's on. For the first half of the season, it was for the a first half. For the first half. He got hurt. For the first half of the season. He got he hurt. He missed like so four or five games. He got hurt from the terrible old line. <laughs> Same happened in the beginning of the last year. Not this previous year. The year before that, hot start, sizzled out at the end. All through the end. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's I'll give a he's top ten. Yeah, for sure top ten. And he can be top five and elite, but he just hasn't established that enough yet. That's what I'm saying. The biggest thing, the injuries, yes. And that's because of the offensive line. The biggest thing is, bro, and this is why I I was saying this even when I followed the Cowboys. I get, and I I can say I've been consistent in this. I said the same thing with Dak. You ain't proved nothing yet. I don't care what your regular season stats is. You ain't did nothing in the playoffs. Kyler, the same daggone thing. No, no, I don't care what you did in the regular season because when it mattered the most, it don't, especially, and I've, I've been consistent in this regard. Where was D-Hop, though? Yeah, I've been consistent. Not D-Hop played it's just I've been the first half of the season. I've been consistent in this the whole, so this D-Hop was there the first half of the season. Cool. So you telling me, every other wide receiver, you mentioned Zach Ertz, everybody else on that team, nobody else is a, a viable option. It's nobody not, else on that team. But it's a big difference. If we're talking about D-Hop, He's arguably the best receiver in the so league. So nobody else on that so team. Everybody take, else on that team sucks. Then he I'm not saying that. I'm saying they're not on that level. So yeah. when you take somebody off that's at that level, My what are you gonna get? I'm thinking about the Aaron. I'm thinking about the Aaron Rodgers of the world. Yes, and if you took De- Devontae Adams, the off the, <laughs> but I'm saying, but Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, the greats of the world, they don't always have the biggest wide receivers and still make it happen. But those are different systems, though. Tom didn't have the biggest part. Tom had Randy Moss and them dudes. Not every, Aaron, every year. Every Aaron, year. Every year. Every year. Every year. Every year he had that. Aaron Hernandez. Every year he had that. Every, every year, year they that. found the guy that was every really, really damn good Not to throw the ball to. Every single year. Not now, the beginning at, of his career. At no. the end. At the end. And in the beginning. It was the beginning. Tom was a, just a fat-faced dude. And no one knew who he was. Okay? At the end, they got him out of there. At the end, he got out of there for that reason. Because they didn't get enough weapons. Am I right? True. He left because there weren't weapons. But in the middle, Randy, Aaron Gronk. Hernandez before he started murdering dudes. Uh, Gronk, uh, who, come on, like, he, Wes Welker was Edelman. a really good player. He, he made Julian. Wes Welker. He made Edelman. He made those guys are good players. Two, I want yes. to hear. I, I, he made Deion Bridge, uh, I believe. What was Welker doing? I don't feed into he the Tom Brady God pot complex. I'm sorry, I don't do it. I don't do it. Those guys are good football players too. I said the wrong name. It don't matter. It don't matter. We got to heaven, and God was like, "Yo, Tom Brady is really." Didn't he have Chad for a little bit too? Ocho Cinco towards the end. But that no, that didn't work. Stopped. He, didn't he, didn't work. Work. he <laughs> found out Chad Ocho Cinco. Chad Ocho Cinco. Well, he played what a couple pieces of games, and he headbutted somebody. So that you like, was wrong in bringing up. Yo, leave Ocho out of this, bro. Like he, he in a, he's in a better space. <laughs> we would literally get to heaven, and God be like, "Yo, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's here." And Greg be like, "Ah." <laughs> Can, can I get a mansion on the other side of heaven away from us? We go about the show. How are y'all seeing this this MVP race? You mentioned 
you mentioned John Morant. Um, I know Greg used John Morant should be at the top of the list with DeMar sure, DeRozan yeah. and actually with Embiid and Jokic chasing them. How do you see this MVP race? I think Ja definitely belongs up there, that, that top tier of MVP. Um, Jokic won it last year. I don't see them giving it to him again. Um, yeah. But, yeah. you know, Embiid is up there. But I think if you mentioned that, you know, the Harden and Embiid, I don't think that's definitely not helping Embiid's MVP case. That's um, not affected that well, it could. early. It could. It could. Yeah, it could go um, south. But I think at the end it will hurt it overall. I hope you're right. Um, <laughs> I think in the regards to if you look at storylines, right? You mentioned first halves of seasons. First half of the season, it's Embiid obviously carrying that team. Mm-hmm. Now you have the help of we have to say it. Now you have the help of he wasn't that before, but you have the help of an all-star Hall of Fame type player, which we've seen in these first three games. Granted, two of them were against the Knicks, but they still look good together, right? If you look at the storylines as a voter, I would might be more opt to give it to like a John Morant who doesn't have a Harden on his team. Maybe you even throw a DeRozan in the mix who doesn't have a Harden on his team. That makes things a lot easier. I think if Harden didn't come and we kept we kept seeing him be possibly lead the league in scoring, which hasn't happened since Shaq. Mm-hmm. As a big man, get that to that man, get that MVP to him. Mm-hmm. But now you got heart in which that makes your job easier. You gonna penalize him for his job getting easier is the question. Do you want to penalize him for that? Um, I'm, that you look at storylines. I'm saying, what's more valuable to him? <clears throat> it's about narratives. My narrative, yeah. I think, is John Morant has a better narrative I think so. than Embiid because now you got heart in. You're John Morant don't have a heart and light. If I'm if I'm arguing for John Morant, right? Who, who's who's my number two? Justin Bain. Jaron Jackson Jr., no. Steven Adams. Great Steve pass. Up. He threw it's, a great pass, but <laughs> it doesn't have a number two. That's my as a narrative. That's my point. Miles, you know, you know, narratives tell the story and everything. We you gonna give it to MB with heart on the squad? Probably not. I mean, at this point. I feel like the front runner right now is Jokic, though. I mean, if you take him off that team, they're nowhere in the, the playoff no hunt right now. And he's got them in the sixth seed. It's, it's tough because the West is so good. But, like, look who's out. You don't have Michael Porter Jr. You don't have Murray. He's mad as hell, bro. <laughs> look who. I got so mad for a second, yo. For what? Because LeB- LeBron never got that, that benefit of the doubt. In 2018, when he should have got the MVP for carrying that stupid bum Cavs team to a sixth seed, and he took them to the finals, they, he didn't he didn't get those votes off being in the sixth seed. But somehow the white fat guy in, in Denver gets it. I don't I don't like it. I don't like. It. I'm sorry, Chad. I don't like it. <laughs> I really mad. He's lost weight, so you could just say white guy. He's he's fat. He's lost weight. He looks. I think that's why. <laughs> I love Joe. He's good. I he's very great. Why, he's great. I think that's why. He is being put in that conversation again this year to have back to back because he's he's in the best shape of his his career so far right now, which is shown in him being able to carry this team to the sixth seed. Which is, I completely agree. Bron should have got the you, same type of respect because at this point now, you allude you mentioned Bron, we can see the difference of Bron then and now. 
I think it was safe to say anytime you had Braun on your team, he was actually a guaranteed playoff spot. At one point, it was a guaranteed trip to the finals. Now, as great as he is, this is even the more where he needs help. LeBron, just putting LeBron in your roster does not guarantee you a playoff spot anymore. The fact that you're talking about him in that way at age 37 is why he's the greatest athlete ever. I completely, I completely, that's my point. Yeah. I completely agree. LeBron should have got those same type of, he should have got MVP. But don't change the criteria now, though. See, that's what I'm saying, Miles. Don't get brand new. Because because don't don't get brand new then. Because you know how this thing goes. The writers don't They have a very specific formula. Fun to watch, electrifying, top seed, and great numbers. Who, who, who am I describing? We're not mentioning, based off of what you just said, we're not mentioning nobody from Phoenix. No one from, no one from Phoenix deserves it. No. no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, by, by your stand, that's a top seed. Oh, yeah, but they don't, they, no one from Phoenix no. actually I love Deep Book. He doesn't deserve it. That team is not the same with that CP. They're a well old machine. Just a great basketball oh, team all around. I, when, I, when I mentioned Phoenix, I wasn't talking about Deep Book. We CP. know, we know, he got injured, but we know CP3 is. He makes it work. Everywhere he goes. If CP3 for obviously in a dreamer's world said, you know what? I'm going to go back home to LA, be closer with my family. The Lakers will be in a championship next year. That's how, that's how much CP3 yeah, is valuable. Yeah. CP3, if he went to this Lakers team currently constructed and you switched them out, I don't care. You sent Russ to Ukraine. You sent him over to Ukraine. Man, you make better off of Ukraine. You sent him over to Ukraine, no, I'm Afghanistan, <laughs> playing Australia with, with the same league that LaMelo played in. You can send him over there. I don't care. Trying to exile him the war. <laughs> Go shoot tornadoes over there. You shoot tornadoes into Ukraine. You're not making it to you're not, you're not making it to dinner. <laughs> Wherever he go, because I don't know what team he would go on next year, even though they mutually agreed that they want to, you know, part ways. That don't mean just because you get a divorce, you get remarried. Just throw that out there. Y'all could mutually agree all you want. That don't mean any other team's going to be like, I'm going to take on that $43 million. Who would, who would really sign Westbrook? It's who would trade for him? You know, if you trade for him, you're going to have to attach something to him. They oh, didn't want to do that to get John Wall. They don't have nothing to attach. That's the thing. That's, that's... That first round pick five yeah. years from now. And, and they don't want to do that. very valuable because the Lakers are going to be. I don't, we don't course in the podcast. I'm just gonna, Lakers gonna be ass in five years. And that was the only good thing Palinka did. He didn't trade that pick because he knows they're not gonna be best good. Asset. Yeah, they're not gonna be good in five years. This thing's not gonna be up. All right, so so that that pick is that, that pick could be the next great thing. I don't know who is out there in five years, but but yeah, that could be Bryce. <laughs> it could be Bryce. CP three on this team currently constructed. You just. You don't have Russ on the team. That's a that's a championship team. I honestly believe that. That's how impactful CP3 is. I think you mentioned Jokic. I've heard, I've listened to podcasts, I've watched interviews that people that have votes, Jokic is coming up where they're literally talking about, hey, he might be a two-time repeat. And we talked about it on the show last year when it was time for the voting. And I told y'all from what I'm listening to, People that vote, they saying Jokic. We all agreed we wouldn't have had him as MVP, but I'm like, yo, from the people that actually have a vote on this, mm-hmm. they're talking Jokic. And I'm hearing that again this season. A lot of people that actually have a vote, they're not allowed to say I'm voting for him, but they're they're singing his praises. Mm. So I see it's probably Jokic. I would choose John Morant or DeMar DeRozan. Narrative driven, 
but I think it's going to be Jokic again. You got tired of Brown. They got tired of Brown. Brown's doing the same thing. He was getting no MVPs. So you're not even consistent. It, it's be, I've hated the way they've done this for years. For years, I've hated it. But it's cool. Hey, maybe they should do like a, in college, they do like the Wooden Award, Most Outstanding, and all that stuff. Bob Cousy. They do a bunch of different awards for the guy who does that specific thing the best. The best passer gets Bob Cousy. The best all around player gets the Wooden. Maybe you should just do that in the NBA. Just, and I know it's been a conversation before, but this is a, this this whole MVP thing is really annoying because it's just the way they do it. There's no the, it, the criteria is constantly changing. They're constantly it's moving the goalposts. No. It's very inconsistent. I think the other and we'll we'll close. I think the other award to that is probably even tougher than MVP award. And I say this in this regard because we've seen. Very similar to MVP, it's been players that should have won this award that didn't. I didn't know you were going. Defensive player of the mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Give it to that French guy. Is Rudy Gobert all the time? Is Biggs? And it hasn't been since I think some point in the '90s. GP won defensive player of the year. It hasn't been anybody but a big. Mm-hmm. Draymond, I think, before the injury, should be in that conversation. Ben Simmons should have won one. Ben Simmons ben should have won, won Defensive Player of the Year easily the last, the last year he played. And you mentioned Ben Simmons. You told him out in the past. He definitely should have won one. I want to bring this up, and I want to see where y'all mindsets of it are on this, and if we can be objective in this. Pat Bev put out the tweet: mm-hmm. one block, one steal, mm-hmm. playoff team. No DPOY. The devil was a lie. Do you think at any point in his career, Pat Bev should have been in that conversation for the defensive play of the year? When you look at the, the votings and how the votes been tallied up, I don't think he's been on – he's gotten any votes. I mean, he, could, he should be all defensive when it comes down to it as a guard, but – for defensive player of the year, no. I don't see any year that he was ever up there for that. Do we see any guards that can possibly break the mold of getting a defensive player of the year? That's in the league right now. Any guards that could break that mold? Ben Maybe. He's not a guard. He's a guard. They view him as a three, really. Yeah. Well, he's he's phenomenal. And in every way, defensively, he's phenomenal. Help defense, perimeter defense. He's the best defensive player I've ever seen. I, I say that all the time. He's the best defensive player I've ever seen. Ben Simmons is the best defensive player I've ever seen. Hey, it's not because he's on the Nets. But yo. to answer the question. He is. <laughs> he to is. answer the question. With a guard. Okay, fine. Go ahead with your guard. It ain't going to be Pat Bev. It's not going to be Pat Bev, but it's not going to be you plugging up Ben Simmons either. <laughs> if ben Simmons is more likely to win of a, a de- defensive player of the year than Pat Bev. Hey, Anywhere to do where's Black Fortune should win no awards. I need, <laughs> I need Noah on the show because I don't remember the same praise for Ben Simmons. When he was right? Yo, yo but I. I never, he went on YouTube trashed, on an off day. I never trash his defensive <laughs> ability. I've always trashed his ability, his inability to shoot the ball. That's what I was on. That's what I was on, Chad. Just to give you context, they're not going to give you context. I'll give context. you context. That's context. If you, you go back and watch the entire show, I didn't say a word about his defense. I didn't say a word about his defense because we already knew what it was. We knew how great of a defensive player he was. He can't shoot. He can't even shoot free throws at the time. Back to the I don't know if it's, it's the same. Yeah, you, you can't say at the time. Yeah, I don't know what it is. We don't know. Um, but they might be more forgiving in, in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Y'all got randoms coming to y'all games. 
Brooklyn Brigade is strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> Brigade. To get hey, Kyrie going to be in that brigade, too. At home games. <laughs> Yo, he, he can actually be in the brigade, but he can't play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Yo, Eric had to piss me off. <laughs> Back to the question. Do you see any guard being a possible uh, defensive player yeah, that's in the uh, league right now? I think DeJounte Murray. He, if he puts it together and he plays on a, a better team, because I, I just don't with the Spurs team, if he's on a winning team, his defensive prowess, there's more light shown on it. So That's a good name. DeJounte, that's a good name. I like him. That's, that's a very good name. That's a good name. Lonzo, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, yeah. Maybe. 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 Lonzo Ball, probably a better defensive player than uh, than Pat Bevy. just don't do half the nonsense. Yeah. yeah. If he, gets, if he could stay healthy for a whole year, then maybe. Yeah, right, maybe. Lonzo Ball, this might be blasphemy. I just want to ask before we close out. Because I'm saying this for a while. Who's a better defender, Lonzo or Alex Caruso? Caruso. Caruso. So is, can Caruso be in that conversation there? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I just want to point that out. Because I don't think I don't think Lonzo is better than Caruso. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Defensively. No, he was carrying Lonzo. them defensively all year before he got hurt. So he was carrying the Lakers too, but. I digress. <laughs> if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Bitch, my we out. Peace. Peace.